0: gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. And then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then the Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you have not had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my Heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's a scene in the movie Seabiscuit where the young jockey, Red, plans to keep his horse just behind the favorite until he makes his sprint and then pull ahead for the win. But his plans change. Another horse and jockey foul him, and suddenly Red urges his horse forward, and the two lead the race as Red berates the other rider and pushes him repeatedly toward the rail, punishing him for the foul. In the home stretch, all the other horses pass them, and when the race ends, Red and the offending rider finish in last place. When the owner and trainer come to Red after the race and ask him what happened, he's agitated and angry, and he yells at them, He fouled me! Was I supposed to let him get away with that? He fouled me! When we have been wronged, often our emotions run high like Red's. We want revenge. We want retaliation. We want to calculate the cost and make the offender pay. But Jesus teaches us differently. In today's gospel, when Peter asks, how often should I forgive? Jesus answers him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. And then he tells the parable of the unforgiving servant to show what the kingdom of heaven is like. In this parable, the king calls in his debts and one of his slaves who cannot repay the enormous debt that he owes falls on his knees and pleads to the king for mercy. And the king takes pity on the slave and forgives the debt. But instead of gratitude and mercy toward others, that slave then threatens another one who owes him a debt and throws that one into prison until he can repay him. When the king hears what his slave has done, he is angry and he calls the man wicked, withdraws his forgiveness and orders him to be tortured. Immediately, we should hear the echo of Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, where he said, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We probably also hear Red's voice screaming, you want me to let him or her get away with that? Because often that's how we understand forgiveness. It feels like forgiveness means letting someone get away with something or excusing bad behavior or even violence. It feels like we are giving something up to someone who has only taken from us. And we feel justified in announcing our judgment and withholding forgiveness. But judgment isn't ours to execute. God is the ultimate judge. As Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Forgiveness is a hard teaching from Jesus. As Bishop Michael Reinhardt from the Texas, Louisiana, Gulf Coast Synod wrote, Forgiveness is relinquishing my right to get even and giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. It is not easy to grant forgiveness, and as Jesus tells Peter, it isn't quick. Thankfully, the parable doesn't hide how difficult or tenuous forgiveness is. I cringed when I heard how the king later acted out of anger and how the unforgiving servant dug himself an even deeper pit by refusing forgiveness to the one who needed it. I'm sure part of my reaction is because I recognize myself in their humanity, wanting to limit who I forgive depending on how much contrition they've shown, or wanting to get what's mine, forgetting that all I am and all I have is God's. The heart of what Jesus is teaching here is that when we practice judgment and withhold forgiveness, it is as if we are forgetting the forgiveness we ourselves Have received. The free gift of God's promise for you and for me. Corrie ten Boom was a Dutch Christian who hid Jews in her home during the Nazi occupation of Holland during World War II. Before the war ended she and her sister Betsy were imprisoned at the Ravensbrück concentration camp and Betsy died in the camp in 1944. After the war, Corey traveled and preached about forgiveness and reconciliation. In an interview later, she spoke about an encounter that she had in 1947 when she traveled to a Munich church. After she spoke at the church, she recognized one of the men there as one of the guards from Ravensbrück. She was flooded with memories of their imprisonment and her sister's death as she watched him approach her. When he spoke, he told her that he had become a Christian and he knew that God forgave him for all that he had done. And now he was asking Corey for her forgiveness. And in the interview, Corey revealed with great honesty that she could not answer him immediately, and that in the passing seconds, which felt like years to her, all she felt was anger. She continued, I stood there with coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too forgiveness is an act of the will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart jesus help me i prayed silently i can lift my hand i can do that much you supply the feeling and so woodenly mechanically I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me, and as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder and raced down my arm and sprang into our joined hands. And this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother. I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Forgiveness is an act of compassion. Throughout Matthew's Gospel, we hear how Jesus had compassion for the crowds he encountered and how people were transformed afterward by his actions toward them. The same word is used here when it says that the king had pity on his slave. He was moved to compassion for him. When we forgive, we surrender the outcome to God and say, Thy will be done. We believe that the past will not control the future and that a different future is possible. We believe that God can work in circumstances and in people in ways we cannot understand. Forgiveness recognizes what God has already done for us. As Paul writes in his second letter to the church in Corinth, when we are forgiven in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. When the unforgiving servant refused forgiveness to the the slave who owed him, he refused the new life that had been given to him. He refused the abundance of mercy that had been offered to him. His refusal to be changed and to be redeemed by God is what led to his own imprisonment. It was a cell of his own making built on the foundation of unforgiveness. Jesus shows us we have a choice. We can choose to harden our hearts toward others and remain in bondage to anger and vengeance. Or we can choose to surrender ourselves, our hearts and our wills, and extend the mercy that we have first been given. Let us pray. Good and gracious God. Thank you for your grace that you do not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities but instead offer us new life in Christ we confess that we forget the abundant mercy and forgiveness that you have already given us when we declare judgment on others Help us live in the kingdom of heaven here on earth, forgiving others as you have first forgiven us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.